नमस्ते वेलकम टू द हिंदू पेरेंटिंग पॉडकास्ट एपिसोड टू ऑफ द मेंटल हेल्थ सीरीज इन द प्रीवियस पॉडकास्ट वी हर्ड फ्रॉम यंग स्कूल गोइंग टीनेजर्स अबाउट द इश्यूज दे फेस टुडे we will be talking to young adults in their 20s about the major stresses they notice among their peer groups and whether these are any different from what they encountered as teenagers let's first hear them introduce themselves namaste my name is kavya and um i'm currently pursuing higher education in the health field in the us uh namaste i'm gayatri and i'm uh, currently working as a developer in an mnc thank you for being a part of this podcast and giving us a peek into the concerns of youth today let's just dive in by starting with uh, do you remember being young teenagers and have your concerns changed since then yeah so i think um when i was in my teens um personally for me i'd never had that many friends so i think um and i was bullied a lot as well especially in school so i think some of the major concerns that i had back then was um or bullying not fitting in i didn't want to go to school there were a lot of times when i just wanted to stay at home just because i didn't i did not know how the next day it was going to be and i just didn't want to go to school and face all that again um yeah and i think that was a major concern for me but um personally i never knew what mental health was or i never even heard of the term actually till i went to college so that was just a couple of years ago when i first started um you know um hearing about the term um and then i'd say that as you go through college especially for me because i went to another country i stayed by myself um i didn't have any parents at home who were taking care of me and all that and i had to take care of myself i think um for me the concerns changed more to loneliness isolation um and i still didn't have that many friends even when i was in college so i think um on top of having to take care of myself and doing well in school um i had to deal with like loneliness and um burnout as well and i think those were some of the major concerns that um i faced uh for me i guess um my school life was actually pretty good uh i had good friends all around um and i think it continued along in uh, college as well but there were a few issues in terms of yeah fitting in was one thing i think while i was in school uh, i always wanted to be around the friends that i was closest to but then was never sure if they accepted me or, or all that but i think it changed a lot once i got into college and um more so once i got into the work first i think uh i got more confident as as who i am as a person uh yeah so how have your concerns changed over over the years gayatri uh i think it's uh, become more my i've become more mature in terms of the way i think about life and uh, originally what used to affect me in terms of if i'm being accepted by my friends or um if i should just go along with what they want to do uh i think all those changed uh, over time uh especially once i reached my 20 early 20s uh i started realizing that once i am myself i don't think uh, it doesn't it shouldn't really matter what others really think about me as long as i am confident in myself 
okay um, both of you talked about a few problems um, and uh, i think in our previous episode we uh, you know talked about various issues that uh, uh, teenagers are currently facing you know um, they mentioned a lot of uh, issues like uh, uh, you know issues with uh, identity with uh, sexuality with vaping and lots of things that they mentioned so at what age did uh, you people start seeing these issues come up were they there even when you were teenagers or is it something that you noticed much later so i think um for me when i was in school um i went to certain schools where there were a lot of rich kids and they had more access to all these things than me or some of my other classmates did um i made it a point never to associate with them and like they also never really told me anything cuz they never talked to me they were mean <laughs> in many ways so um okay. i don't fully know if some of these things existed or not i know for a fact that alcohol existed and there were kids who brought alcohol in their water bottles in like as early as 7th or 8th grade and there were there was there were a couple of people in my class actually who um had issues with alcohol when they were in um 10th grade after um some personal difficulties that they faced in their lives so like you know passing away of a relative or parent or something like that and um i didn't know about this but some of my teachers were um telling me these things and so that's how i personally found out about this um vaping and stuff i don't know i don't think it's, i don't think it was as prevalent for sure as it was as it is now like right now from what i've been hearing it seems like every other person has access to it so i don't think it was like that at all back then at least when i was growing up in some of the schools that i went to but um yeah i i think those have increased um now and i think people who are my age some of my friends when i talk to them now i think um when they went to college that's when they first got hold of some of these things like at parties or if they had people who were older than them but none of that really started till they were in um say like sophomore junior year of college and so i think um that's my understanding of all this um at the you moment. went to school in india right yes you left you left for the us for your undergrad right yes yes so uh, were you in a coed school or were you in a girls school so i was in a coed school and i also went to an international school for um 11th and 12th and the okay. school that i went to up to 10th also um was um a school wherein there were a lot of um kids from more uh, wealthy backgrounds all right no uh, since you mentioned about the problem with alcoholism uh, was that prevalent uh, among the girls or the boys that was boys just the boys okay. i don't know any girls who had that issue back then okay uh, th- there was another thing we heard uh, in the previous podcast when we talked to the uh, young teenagers and that was about the prevalence of uh, pornography especially anime 
leading to pornography. So what was something like that available, say, um, you know, seven to 10 years ago? I would say, um, I don't think it was as easily accessible as it is right now. Honestly, the internet has made it a lot more easier to access all of it. And also, I think at the time, uh, most people didn't really talk about it. I'm honestly surprised that 13 to 15 year olds know about these in the first place and that that it's common uh, topic of, I don't know, talking about it in school. It's quite interesting that that's, that's happening these days. Because um, earlier on in our times, I don't think we'd have ever really talked about it, even if it had been a thing at the time. Also, it was not really accessible. So you never spoke about pornography in school. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it was never a popular topic. I am honestly not sure uh, if it was among the boys, but it definitely wasn't among the girls. Okay. So would you say that peer pressure was the main uh, problem at that time during your teens? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I would say so, yeah. So, I mean, some of the issues they mentioned, like identity problems and all, I suppose those were there even then? So, personally, I... um, In the schools that I went to, at least in my experience, I never heard about any of these things. These are not things that we commonly discussed, at least not in my friend group or among the girls and all that. Um, Definitely, there wasn't anything that we talked about like gender sexuality lgbtq um anything i ne- i didn't even know about the term till i think i was in 12th grade or something and because i was in a, in an international school they kind of slowly started bringing it up but even then i didn't fully understand till i went to college and not even freshman year maybe sophomore junior year i started understanding a little bit more um and then in senior year i actually took a class on human sexuality and then I kind of had a better understanding um but I I I don't think any of these we really talked about especially not when I was in school what about you Gayatri what what was your experience I think it's quite similar um we never really talked about this in school it was never uh, brought up by anybody uh, and I think I, I first came to know about it in, uh, yeah, I'd say 12, uh, same as Kavya. Uh, but again, I got a lot more knowledge on it once I did get into college. And uh, I think it was more just via the internet for me. I was just on the online platforms, on social media, and a few a few more posts uh, regarding LGBTQ and identity and gender t- seemed to pop up. Uh, that's how I learned about it. So you both so, went to college when you were 18, right? Until then, you stayed home. Is that correct? Yes. So um, so once you're in college, uh, would, you, would you say that there was a lot more that you were exposed to, uh, not just in terms of knowing all these uh, terms and things, but also the pressure itself? And, uh, you know, how did you deal with it in college? How did you insulate yourself from these pressures? Um, was peer pressure uh, equally difficult in college as it was in school? So for me, I think um, when I went to college, I definitely had a couple of friends initially who 
um, very much wanted to go out party and all that. In fact, she that person was one of my closest friends, um, especially during freshman year. But I made it a point to set my own boundaries. I was like, you know, this is not for me. If you go out and do all this, okay, fine, you can tell me about it. That's how actually I found out a lot of stuff because I used to hear from her everything. But um, but yeah, I knew that these were my boundaries. And I knew that if I went out and did all these things, then my education might most likely would suffer. And also, that's not the way I was raised. And, you know, I felt like there was something that I wanted to hold on to. And I knew that this, all this wasn't for me. Um, so I never used to join her when she used to go out and all that. Though I always, you know, um, would be there for her and listened to all her experiences, which is how I um, found out more about these things and learned more about them without myself getting involved directly. Is there something that you could share when you say her experiences? What sort of experiences uh, uh, are you referring to? So basically, um, when people go out, um, most most people want to um, hook up with other people or try, um, you know, vaping or drinking or smoking. So all these people um, who lived at home before going to college, most of these people haven't done any of this kind of stuff before. And then in college, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're very much exposed to all these new things. And there's nobody who's like, um, no parents are there to say, hey, you can't go out after this time. Um, there's no control. So it's, it's really up to you. And it's really dependent on what you um, want for yourself. So if you don't have that moral compass, or you don't know what you want, you don't know who you are, you just want to experiment with everything, then you know, you'll go out and do these things. And so like, um, one of my friends, she always used, she used to go out every other um, day and try to hook up with someone, or she would, um, you know, get drunk, get high, and do all these things, and just to experience it to see what it's like. And um, so the thing is, like, experiencing it is one thing, but then it's it's a very slippery slope, because once you get used to doing um, things like that, it's very easy to get addicted to those things. And then once you're in that cycle, you can't get out of it. And that's where it becomes very dangerous. So what do you think made her uh, not step back? I mean, or what were the boundaries that she couldn't draw that you could? What do you think stopped her from so, uh, keeping those boundaries? Yeah, so I one thing for sure is that she had um, mental health issues. She had severe depression and she was self-harming for a very long time. And um, I think she also tried to kill herself from what she said. So, um, and, you know, when you do, um, when you engage in all these harmful self-harming practices and, you know, you're, you're depressed and you have depression, you want to feel some kind of, you want to feel something. So you want to go out and try anything that can make you feel something, anything that's like an escape from your pain. And so that's why, um, you know, a lot of people want to go out and try new things just because they don't like the way they're living currently. They have, they don't see um, anything to live for. And so I think um, when you go out and try new stuff, that's like, that's kind of like a hope 
I, in their minds, I think that something might get better. Or when I'm in this state, I'm having fun. So I feel better. And to feel better, they go out and do all this. So you're saying that they might, they may have already had a, a history of uh, some kind of a mental health issue or uh, maybe some, they have already tried out some substances. And so uh, they are more um, open to doing it again once they get to college and there is no um, control. Yes, yes. Especially in college, there's no, there's no parents who... Um, you know, prevent you from going out, getting alcohol or, you know, um, there's that access to all this is so easy because especially if you live in the dorms um, or something, then, um, you know, it's very easy. You just, the, the every other person, like the person in the next room might be vaping. They might be having alcohol in their room, whether it's allowed or not. There people find um, ways of doing this. And so it's very easy to get that, you know, you just go with them wherever they're going, get it from whoever they get it from. And then you're, you know, you have access to everything now. Gayatri, what has been your experience on this, on this question? You know, how, how did you insulate yourself? Did you insulate yourself from such sort of pressures? Yeah, uh, just, uh, just like Kavya moved away for college, uh, uh, so did I. I also moved cities uh, and I also did live in uh, the hostel while I was in my bachelor's. And at the time, I think, um, again, I was also very new to life outside of home and uh, in a whole new environment with whole new friends. And uh, I think one of the major things that uh, held me in place was, I guess, my own personality, my bring, uh, upbringing. But then there was also the fact that um, I had good friends and also that it was a closed off campus uh, away from the city by like 20, 30 kilometers. And we weren't really allowed to go outside the campus either. We were only allowed to go out like twice or thrice a month. And I guess access to, say, substances or whatever, uh, maybe alcohol, drugs, uh, weed, whatever it may be. It was a lot harder. And I mean, I'm sure it did exist. And I know it did exist. But it was uh, harder to get. And yeah, that was one major thing that it was physically not possible to get out of the campus very easily. Okay, so um, I had this question when Kavya was responding. You talked about the experience of the uh, of your friend. Um, now she was uh, she had a, a problem. You said you know she she was she was depressed. She had a mental health issue. Uh, what about somebody who perhaps does not have this and uh, uh, would want to experiment, go out? Uh, do you think they are able to pull back or are such people also uh, you know susceptible to probably getting addicted to this kind of behavior yeah so i think um yeah i mean anybody can get addicted at any point um i think i don't know that many people um who've gotten addicted without having any um pre-existing mental health condition. Um, okay. I know people who, um, you know, gone out, partied a lot, um, you know, done literally everything. Um, I don't know if they're addicted to it or not, or if they just do it 
because it's fun and then they even if they don't do it for many weeks nothing will happen to them and they can live like that i'm not sure about that personally because i don't have close friends who who've done all that either they're the ones with mental health conditions who've done all that or um you know they don't do any of this stuff at all so my friends are like that <laughs> okay Okay. Yeah, honestly, I don't really have any close friends with these kind of experiences either. Uh, but just as an opinion, I guess I do think that it's possible that, I mean, it might depend on how you handle your addictions. But I also think it's probably a cycle. So once you're addi addicted, it's possible to, it's, you're more vulnerable to mental health issues, I think, maybe anxiety or depression, for whatever reason. Um and then it's it's just a cycle of wanting more substances again so um if you're if you're trapped in that already then maybe you don't know what the start or the end is yeah and i'd also say that you know increased use of substances can also cause increase in mental right. health conditions because like because alcohol itself is a depressant and so it can cause you to become depressed after that or sad de depressed mood or just sad and so continuous use of a substance can also trigger mental health conditions and the same thing you know you use alcohol to cope you use drugs to cope with some mental health condition that you have but then it's a cycle because while using it to cope when you come out of that state you're again in that depressed state so it's that kind of a cycle very interesting very interesting to get your perspectives on this yeah uh, speaking of perspectives i was wondering if uh, now that they are young adults in their early 20s early to mid 20s um what would both of you say are the dangers for young teenagers i mean as they um graduate high school and enter college what are the things that they should watch for and what are the things that uh, that would help if uh, you know parents put them um, on the right path before they went off to college any thoughts on that so i think one thing is to really be grounded in um who you are or some other hobby that you have so for example i had carnatic music growing up and that instilled in me a lot of values and i was like you know if i don't have any other friends or anything um i'll always have uh, carnatic music and that's always something that i can lean on and so i think um you know grounding kids in something that makes them proud of who they are or that gives them something other than studies that gives them like an identity um i think that's very important in order to kind of like not fall for peer pressure and that kind of stuff in college again it depends on the company you keep very much but even if you have company that goes out and does stuff that you don't want to do um it's um it's 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 really good to have some grounding in your childhood yeah i agree with her yeah i'd i'd say definitely grounding yourself in a hobby is uh, one of the really good things uh but i'd also say being open with your parents that would be great as well um if you have a really good relationship with your parents with uh whoever it may, it may be relatives like it could be your grandparents your aunt uncle i mean being open with anybody that's really close to you that care for you uh that's very important as well then uh no matter what problems you have uh and and honestly they're adults and they've gone through 
pretty much similar situations uh and they definitely know what it's like and they probably have a better outlook on on what's going on and they can give a better advice so uh, as an as an 18 year old just stepping out of home uh while i do think that it's hard to open up to adults at the at that age it is also one of the best things to do um yeah i think that's that's my opinion yeah i'd agree with yeah. that as well i think that's really important to um and i think i'd say maybe like i mean i'm obviously not a parent or whatever but like i think in i think what kids find difficult is they don't know whether they'll feel seen or heard by the parent because from my experience from what i've seen with my friends and all that many of my friends who've had all these mental health conditions they um they don't have a good relationship with their parents and like the parents don't believe what they say they don't listen to their parents and that communication channel is not open there's no understanding between both parties so i think um maybe as a parent if parents can also you know like tell the child that or actually not just tell but like actively show and not just suddenly one day but from childhood yeah. like from the time that they're growing up um you know tell the child that they're or and sh- or show them that you know you're always there for them you're there to support them you just want the best for them and um and then maybe they themselves parents themselves can first bring up some of these topics and um ask them like what's going on in school or like what are your friends doing what are you doing what are your thoughts on this and then you know have kind of like an open conversation that way i think the child will open up more okay so uh what are some of the issues that bother you the most at the current time uh as as uh mid 20s adults right now i think we've definitely moved past the uh, uh the phase of life where friends predominantly hold the the top positions in our relationship ranking you know so uh so i guess the main thing right now is probably a pressure to maybe find a marriage partner or you know a lot of the times it's also parents expectations and that's probably linked with the marriage as well uh, especially because we see our peers of our own age also settling down and i mean i think it does put a little bit of pressure because you're very unsure if you're going to be able to find someone for yourself if not then you'll have to spend time you know going for the arranged marriage and that also takes its own time uh there's also i guess job loss i do know one friend who's uh a, a, a designer and she got an internship for about 2 months and uh she they, she was suddenly told to to leave the company after a month uh, just because she wasn't uh skilled enough in a certain software and they didn't think that she could make it in just a month's time so uh she had to go through a lot in terms of financial issues as well she had uh, just moved into a flat uh, assuming that she'd be there for the long term so i think uh, that's definitely something that creates self doubt in oneself in terms of uh, finding a job that's what i think is major okay so um yeah i think some of the issues like gayatri mentioned are um job loss for sure i have a couple of friends who um got laid off last year and this year between november and february and um that really affected their confidence and um also you know there's a, there comes a point when you start questioning whether um it's you or whether 
it's actually the job and um you know is something wrong with me which is why i couldn't have this job or you know are people just getting laid off because the company doesn't have enough money to pay everyone which is the company's issue so it's like you know that leads to definitely lower self esteem loss of confidence um and then again parents expectations because especially if you don't have a very great relationship with your parents then you know if you lose your job the parents might blame it on you or um you know if like gayatri was saying if you're not able to find somebody to get married to then they'll also be like you know what's the scene going how's the scene going um and you know put pressure on you so i think these are some of the issues that bothers um you know our generation the most um burnout is also a big thing i personally have experienced burnout especially in um college and um in my health profession as well um and it's just because it's so intense and you don't get a break and you're only studying all the time and you have no other life and um you know there's just that much stress and pressure because you have to do well but at the same time you know you need to take breaks but you're not able to and so that burnout just um causes so much um trouble and you trouble focusing trouble doing things even in daily life and so um i'd say burnout also is a huge thing yeah that's true i'd like to add to that i also have a friend who um works in sales in a company and uh he also has experienced burnout in terms of i think uh, in a slightly different way because it's just routine life and it's not like you're doing anything different other than just going to going to work making food coming back home and then that's pretty much your day and that's repeated week in week out and that tends to get uh, um, it makes you ask what the purpose of what you're doing is but isn't that somewhat what life is i mean generally people don't get to do different things every day no so how can that be a cause for burnout just trying to understand right i mean i think it's mainly regarding taking breaks i mean yes you are uh doing the same job uh, consistently but then it also depends on if you have a good social life or if you are able to keep up with just housework and if those are not uh, are they're also adding to your anxiety or to to the stress that you already have with work then i guess it does tend to lead to burnout yeah that 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 is that is understandable right right okay uh, but would you would would you say that uh, social media uh, helps you with handling stress or does it uh, uh, hurt you i mean how how does this play out does it help in dealing with burnout is it a kind of relaxation or does that put more pressure on you because you see people you know always smiling on social media and you wonder uh, if you should be the same H- how does it work so i think with social media um at least for me it ne- definitely does not decrease my stress levels <laughs> it, it it um yeah i mean it can increase that's for sure just because everybody um you know is just showcasing the best of their life over there um and um that's if you only follow people who are showcasing 
that kind of stuff but these days there are other pages on social media that you can follow like you know to lead a satvik lifestyle and you know um other good pages like that so i there was a time actually couple of years ago i think one or two years ago wherein there was just nonsense on my feed and i was following way too many celebrities and lots of just people i didn't even like but i was just following them so there was a time when you know i unfollowed a lot of celebrities i maybe follow like two or something now but um you know i just unfollowed everybody and you know stopped interacting with people that i didn't want to interact with and started following more you know pages which would actually help me focus on my own growth so i think it really depends on how you use social media but you have to really take it into your own hands you can't just sit back and expect everything to be okay like you know you open instagram and then you see everybody living their best lives um and those aren't even the people you like or want to talk to then you know if you follow only those kinds of people then it's going to cause um you to become more sad about your own life and you think that everybody's living a great life but you're not so um i think you know actively you have to take that into your own hands yeah uh i'd also say the same thing uh it doesn't really help uh clearly uh because you're constantly being exposed to so called positivity but uh, even though we're bombarded we're is more like being. it <laughs> no bombarded right. is yeah. more like it yeah mm-hmm. okay. yeah and while while it seems to show positivity it honestly tends to try to be more ideal and perfectionist rather so um it uh, and i think that's one of the major things that uh in the previous uh episode the 13 to 15 year olds had talked about uh that social media tends to be like a uh, a uh, standard that a lot of the kids keep these days uh and of course at their age it's it's just social media that they're exposed to and and their friends on social media uh constantly i don't know if if they're in a rich background then clearly they you're going to see a lot of materialistic things that show up on their i don't know stories posts uh if you're on twitter then uh your tweets so i think th- the main thing is that once we are in our 20s we as i said we're not uh as bothered by peer pressure anymore so it's easier to handle these days but i'm sure as kids uh of the generation now it's a lot harder yeah definitely i would agree with that and um even when you post a lot even if you want to post something on social media the amount of time it takes to edit all those pictures and right. to the caption and all that that itself adds to a lot of stress because you want to <laughs> know how you're perceived and because if you don't have the right caption somebody might say something or they may not like you or something like that and i think as you age that improves a little bit but definitely like in teens that's a huge thing right agree yeah so from what both of you are saying uh, both of you have been able to moderate uh, this social media influence to some extent uh, particularly instagram where everything is king size or queen size <laughs> uh, but uh, that uh, that is perhaps because you all were exposed to it a little later didn't instagram and uh, right. things come mm-hmm. a little later in your life how do you see it playing out uh, for the teens today who are already on instagram say at the age of 
maybe even less than 13 though 13 is supposed to be the uh, mm. legal age to have access to social media i'm sure many kids have access even before that so they are practically growing up with these uh, with these facilities so how do you see it playing out for them will it be as easy as it is it seems to be for y'all to be able to moderate uh the content or the influence that that content has on on you um i think for people who already have social media from a very young age they really get used to it it becomes a part of their life and so without it i don't know how um you know they can they might be able to go about their day to day lives like i don't know what like i if i don't know what if they know what it's like to live without a phone or not see what's happening on the other side of the world or something like that because even for us sometimes it's hard to detach from our phones right and um like we didn't even have access to phones and stuff till we were like in 8th 9th maybe 10th grade also so um so yeah i don't know how it's going to look like for the next generation but definitely um if like boundaries are not set on what content they can see what timings like how much time do they use social media every day then you know it might become something like like it's an it can be an addiction just like you know there's addiction to drugs addiction to alcohol addiction to social media is also a huge thing and um that itself because you you're mostly seeing content that is not real to a certain extent you know they say social media is fake because it's not showcasing what is actually happening in a person's life and so your mind gets filled with all those images that idealistic thing of how life is supposed to be that when you get off of that that's like a high so when you don't have any more social media it's like you know what is going on in my life everything looks dark because that's what you think social media showcases and you think that that's how life is supposed to be so i see that kind of happening to children or teens who've started growing up with social media from a very young age again to come back to the differences between boys and girls i was wondering if social media i think plays a much more important role in a uh, girl's life from what i've seen uh, but uh, there must be um, some particular pressures that boys are also susceptible to what do you notice among your uh, peer groups for example the the people the young adults in the early to mid 20s uh what what kind of uh, you know mental health issues or addictions are girls and boys uh in this age group particularly prone to um i think for boys yeah i mean from what i've seen boys are less on social media or they don't use it as much or they don't feel the need to edit their pictures as much before posting not that that kind of a thing um i think mental health conditions definitely exist in both uh, men and women of this age i actually almost know an equal number of men and women with um severe mental health conditions so um i wouldn't say that from my personal experience um i know an equal number of uh those people uh i think the way in which people cope also um is uh it can be 
similar or different like i know that um it's it's commonly known that or commonly said that um women usually tend to do engage in more self harm whereas men turn to um drugs or alcohol or something but i do know women who've engaged in drugs and alcohol as well um and i know men who've engaged in self harm so um i think it really depends on the personality of the person um and yeah i mean honestly we i i don't exactly know um how they uh, the difference in you know how they think and um how they perceive things but i do know that um bullying is a major factor even for men they just get bullied differently i think maybe physical more physical violence while they're growing up um and then again parents not understanding not having a good relationship with their parents parents not believing what they're saying all this can lead to um you know mental health conditions in men as well um and yeah i mean men definitely i've seen them cope with alcohol or with drugs or something to escape um from my experience from what i've seen but again i do know women also who've done that so yeah what about you guys yeah i also think um yeah i also think that sometimes for men uh it's a lot more uh, uh in into anger issues that it turns into i don't think it's something that t- they tend to keep inside but then they show out in a different way so it could even lead to i don't know physical violence in in i don't know between friends even in case that uh they get to get into a fight uh, i've seen that maybe even in school or in college as well for that matter uh so i think it tends to it tends to get into anger issues a lot more and of course the uh, uh drug or alcohol addiction as well but then especially once you already do consume the substance it probably just aggravates the anger more so you mean to say that um, their mental health issues they sort of dissipate by turning angry that's what you're saying right yeah i i do think that's how it works i don't think it okay. i'm not sure if it really works well i don't think it's uh, uh it's still just a coping mechanism i don't think it dissipates it though okay yeah yeah i don't um, think anger dissipates anything in any right. <laughs> yeah 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 i think um yeah men definitely are more likely to showcase their anger um outside as well but again um not all men are like that so we um you know there are yeah. i know some some men who um you know put keep everything inside won't um they're basically punching bags and so um like and some women also get violent from what i've seen so i again i think um yeah i mean men probably are more prone to it because they also have more testosterone within them but um yeah um, so kavya you are in the healthcare field so within the healthcare field what is a mental health uh, condition defined as so i so there are many different types of um mental health conditions there's um there's depression different types of depression so you have like major depressive disorder or single episode depressive disorder also which means just one episode that you've had and so an episode basically um can be defined as um low or depressed mood almost 
throughout the day. So like no mood swings, mostly all the time you're depressed the entire day for at least two weeks every day or more than two weeks. And so um, that's like the diagnostic criteria. And in within that diagnostic criteria, you need to have lower depressed mood or loss of interest in all activities. And that has to happen continuously throughout the day for at least two weeks. So that's, and then again, there are many other, um, you know, the other things like um, any thoughts of harming yourself or other things like that as well that may or may not go with um, the low mood or the loss of interest in activities. So that's just, um, that's just for depression or major depressive disorder. But again, there are many other things. There's bipolar disorder, which is, you know, ups and downs in mood. So low mood followed by high mood, like, you know, two weeks and then two weeks. Or there's also several anxiety disorders, like generalized anxiety disorder. And there are many, many that I'm not going to get into now. But um, anxiety, depression, these are very common. And bipolar is also something that people are diagnosed with. I would ask, you know, um, have these become, have these taken center stage more in the recent past? Because I think growing up, we never heard so much these words, you know, neither depression nor anxiety. None of these words that uh, today's generation seems to use very often were current in our conversations day to day. Does it mean that we didn't have problems or is it that we have taken a much more stricter view of uh, any ups and downs that a person goes through and uh, we are sort of uh, using some standards that have been uh, fixed uh, maybe from the West, uh, whether they apply to us or not. I'm just trying to understand, you know, uh, is it that this thing has become a lot more current now than it was in the earlier times? And does that say that we never had problems when we were growing up? Or were we not diagnosed? What are what is your take? Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think um, so. I I mean, these conditions definitely. I mean, I'm pretty sure they existed even in you know our grandparents' generation and all that. But again, you know, people definitely weren't aware of these terms. Even I myself wasn't aware of any of these terms till I was in college. So. Um, they might have been there for sure, like um, in the, in that generation as well. Um, but again, people didn't know what it was. So even if they had an issue, they would they were just expected to live with it and not complain and say that, you know, this is how life is. It's always going to be like this. So um, in that sense, you know, I it, I don't think it's new per se but it's definitely become more prevalent and th- some of the reasons for that might be one is maybe more awareness about the conditions which is why more people are thinking that they have these conditions so that can be both good and bad because like um when you think now you can easily google and be like okay i have depression i have anxiety or something and the problem with that is that when you start doing that then you know, people who actually have issues, it's like they, they're they not taken seriously because every other person is using these terms. 
but there are people who do actually need help and so um you know that's when you go to a doctor get diagnosed when you know there's really um a problem and um so i think yeah so coming back to my what i was saying i think in the past there was um less awareness so people would not seek out help or would not get diagnosed and they were expected to you know sit just be like this is life and um this is how it's going to be i think um that's the main one of the main things the other thing i think is also loneliness and isolation now um which is why it's become more prevalent because in the past people used to live in like joint families and all relatives would be there to you know take care of you to take care of the kids um and all that while the kids were growing up but now it's like you know you move somewhere else for college and you're you have to take care of yourself entirely by yourself and you know even kids growing up in other places like only the parents are their parents might be working full time and then the parents have to take care of them and focus on their job and all that so that also that extra stress and pressure and also like you know if something ha- you sometimes feel like when you're living alone like you sometimes feel like if something happens to you then nobody will know and so that it's like that other pressure is there and so i think because of people moving far away from their families and going through some of these things it's become more pronounced because you automatically start worrying more and thinking of the worst case scenario and that could potentially um trigger things like depression or anxiety that's true i think uh, i do think that life is a lot more fast paced now and everything is very solution based and you always have to have a goal and uh, i mean you 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 check one box you have another one to check and you have a long list of checks to make honestly and there's always somewhere that you, you have to look forward ahead of and a future your future is supposed to be set in one way and that i think tends to also put pressure on people a lot in terms of and uh, with kids these days i guess it's regarding competition uh, it especially like if you take say engineering or let's say medicine uh, you know the amount of seats that there are and the amount of competitors for those seats there the ratio is highly unbalanced so there's definitely competitions increasing as well a lot of um, opportunities have increased for people as well and there's more competition especially because of that so uh, everyone's leading a, a life where they're always running towards something and they tend to probably forget about what they're supposed to work on right now uh, the here and now is always forgotten about i think um, would you say that uh, there's a tendency among uh, um, teenagers or young adults to treat mental health conditions as a badge of honor to uh, how is it in india gayatri first uh yeah i do think that uh, especially this treating uh, these mental health labels as a badge of honor it's it's probably prevalent among teens uh, considering the fact that they are more exposed to these terms in the first place and they tend to hear it hear about it as early as the age of say 10 to 12 and uh, once you label yourself as a certain thing as early as in life as that as 10 or 12 it tends to stick to your identity and uh, getting out of that that is very tough so uh, I, and also i think a lot of the times as uh, kavya mentioned if uh, 
the parents are away they're constantly working and and these are nuclear families mostly in cities uh the kids tend to feel left out and when loneliness hits them in some way they always t- maybe they tend to look into these disorders their mental health disorders and they try to label themselves so that they get attention from peers from teachers from anyone around them so that they're not lonely anymore so what i'm hearing from all this is that you know having these labels is like a self perpetuating situation you have that label you label yourself that then you get into that situation yourself and it's uh, it, it it just perpetuates you know so actually are we doing a service or a disservice by you know uh, naming these things and having these labels and focusing on them so much just trying to understand is it doing more harm than good if you didn't know it you would go go through life you know and uh, perhaps not be so self absorbed this is creating a really a cycle of self absorption you know you believe you're depressed and then you behave depressed and then you get some attention and so that that uh, also sparks another round of this kind of behavior so is that some way to look at it or and if so how do we overcome that you know that kind of framing so yeah so i think um yeah labels definitely can do um more harm than good in my opinion um especially when you're young you don't want to label yourself as anything um i think it's necessary to kind of know a little bit about you know what unusual behavior is or abnormal behavior is so you can identify it in a person or in you know your friends if they're behaving differently saying that you know i'm not able to do this i'm really not able to get out of bed i'm not able to go um i can't you know go walk around i'm not able to focus on studying and i just can't i don't know why that is not normal behavior so you know trying to identify certain things you know so that a person can get help i think those are more important than you know labeling somebody saying um you know you have depression or you have an-, an anxiety disorder or something like that because of so so and so symptoms that you are exhibiting i think for yeah so i think for children or like teens it it should the focus should be more on identifying certain certain things and also instead of talking about and saying like mental health um another way to i watched a video a couple of days ago and um so framing it as mental fitness instead of mental health so be like um you know have you worked out today like that's you do that for your physical health right like physical fitness how physically fit are you can you climb a mountain today or can you just walk around or you know either is fine you can work towards one um but same way um with mental fitness mental health as well instead of saying mental health try to frame it as mental fitness how mentally fit am i today how much more mentally fit can i become tomorrow and i think um that's very important in terms of um especially while teaching teens or children you know framing it in a more positive way so that um there's there's something that they can look forward to doing and forward to it look forward to achieving yeah uh, that sounds like a much better 
framing of the issue you know you it's positive from the beginning so we're not uh, going into a spiral of negativity uh, with the label so yeah i tend to i tend to like the word mental fitness rather than mental health you know personally one thing that stands out for me is how both gayatri and kavya have uh, uh, i think given us a lot of hope you know uh, it it at least what i've picked up is that to an extent having a good relationship with your parents makes a lot of difference even if you have a slip up or two i think the road to recovery is much smoother so to that extent i think that's that's a great takeaway for a parenting podcast right it's uh, it's ending on a very hopeful note absolutely so i think we have had a very rich conversation with you two young ladies and uh, we understand that you know you all have had all the pangs of growing up but you all have you all are on the way to turning out to be really confident and beautiful young ladies and um, looking forward to a very bright and a beautiful future so we wish both of you all the very best in whatever you do and thank you so much for coming and sharing your experiences on the podcast uh, wish you all the best and namaste to all our listeners we will be back with you shortly with another episode on our podcast thank you namaste 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 thank you for having us